Network. Connected. MIDI session. Running. MIDI show control. Confirmed. DMX interface. Connected. Light control. Confirmed. Ethernet. Active. Audio interface. Active and engaged. Arduino unit. In range. Bluetooth remote pair. Connected. OSC IP. Active. We're ready. Start the queue. Featuring Andy Dolph, Joshua Langman, Dave Mickey, Alex Sparks, and Mark Neiser. It's the queue. Welcome to the queue, everybody. Today we have Dave Mickey. Hello. And Joshua Langman. Hi there. And I'm Mark Neiser. To start off the show, we have a disaster story from Dave Mickey from last week. In addition to Josh Langman, we have comments from Alex Sparks and Andy Dolph. Disaster. He died. He, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. You screwed up. That was tragic, really. He exploded on stage. Fix it. Review you had on Shark Sandwich, which was merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Welcome to Tales of Disaster. You screwed up. You gotta fix it. What are you gonna do? Tell us your stories. Send them in, and we're gonna put them on the air. There's a fine line between stupid and I've been building an interactive smart home, and my internet went out for five days. Working with AT&T, tried to get it back up. There are uh, claims. Sent me new modem, sent a guy out, couldn't figure it out. And then he's looking at my device list, and he's all, you have over 40 devices connected to Ethernet. Do you have to have all those devices connected? It's been working fine for the last nine months. What's what has changed so finally switched out to the third modem unplugged everything only plugged in my laptop and a half an hour later the internet started to work and he claimed i was using too much bandwidth through ethernet but i could have as many wi-fi devices that i wanted because i had additional probably 20 to 40 wi-fi devices connected that is bogus so i had a 24 megabytes per second feed to the house and they recommended to switch it up to the higher one. I said, why would that change my internet? You know what? I thought I would try it. It actually saved me $2. And I'm talking to you right now on a 45 megabytes per second, and it seems just as slow. But I also have 80 devices connected to my house. Can you make an um, MTV Crib-style video of your house? I've been planning to. I, I will. It's been my project this summer, finish stuff up. Tonight on The Q Show, we're very lucky to have two guests from ProPaired, a company that makes software for live event professionals. We have on the show tonight, Ryan Kirk, the ProPaired CEO, and Melissa Johnston, Chief Operating Officer of ProPaired. Thank you for being on The Q. I thought I'd start off by just asking the obvious question, what is ProPaired? Prepared is a new generation of logistics management software designed specifically for live events. Both Melissa and I come from a, an extensive production management and technical background in the industry. We've both been in New York for well over a decade. And, and through our experiences, we got a little frustrated by the management workflow. You know, we kind of looked out across the landscape and we saw all these amazing advances happening across lighting and sound and video and, and you know, sort of all these departments really pushing the, the technological landscape forward quite a bit. And, and we kind of looked around at our management tools and, you know, they were kind of steeped in technology from the 80s or we had, you know, taken tools and kind of co-opted them from other industries and things like that. And we decided to kind of take our experiences and really plow them all into a new management platform, essentially a piece of software that allows you to take all of your logistics information, you know, scheduling, labor management, all of that stuff, get it all into one place and allow the manager to work with it all and then communicate it all much, much more efficiently to their entire team, really hopefully speeding up the, the workflow quite a bit. So in a nutshell, that's prepared, born out of, you know, a lot of work and effort across a lot of different departments across the industry and we're we're really really excited about the about the potential for it. So ProPaired is sort of a cross between a database program an email client a scheduling calendar program right it's sort of an aim to take all these separate tools and kind of coordinate them and put them in one place. That's exactly it. 
Yep. It's really people and time, where they need to be, what they need to be doing, labor staffing, and then communicating that out. So stage managers must love you guys. Spent a lot of time pondering over is kind of what it means to be a manager in the industry. You know, we thought a lot about stage managers, but we've also been production managers and event planners and technical directors and, you know, all these different kind of seemingly unique roles really do have a lot in common in their need to coordinate people in time. And so when we went to build prepared, we really looked at that and sort of operating under the assumption that as someone who is, is making a career in management and live events, you may be in all kinds of different scenarios and positions all over the industry. You may be, again, you may be a production manager one day and a stage manager in the next. You may be working in film and TV one day and, and doing a corporate event the next day. And so one of the our biggest goals with the program was to really take a lot of that and figure out what those lowest common denominators are and build a platform that's actually flexible enough to move with you throughout your career so that you're not stuck using this tool when you're stage managing and this tool when you're working as a technical director. It's, it's flexible enough that you can kind of mold it to whatever type of event that you're doing on any given day. That's, that's very intelligent to to build a tool that understands that people don't retain the same roles all the time or may have different roles simultaneously. Yeah, because I, I think as we initially set out, you know, we were also trying to figure out, well, wh why are we still in spreadsheet land? Like everyone's doing nothing but spreadsheets for every aspect of the management of events. And, you know, we kind of came... We came down to that our industry is a little bit different um, from more traditional kind of project management um, because we work a lot faster. You know, it's like our events are timed down to the second and the minute uh, instead of like building a building, which is years. And a lot of that project management is really built around different time frames um, for managing. And we also do a lot more projects, you know, where almost none of us are just working on one project at a time. Whereas a lot of traditional project management solutions are really about a huge team coming together for one big project, everyone collaborating together, and then, you know, like maybe seeing that lifespan of an entire project. But, you know, you may have employees that don't even see an entire lifespan of one project, whereas like we have hundreds of projects in various stages. Um, or if you're running venues, you have, you know, four inanimate in inanimate objects, these rooms that have projects coming in and out. And, um, and, and our teams are never the same. You know, everyone is, every team is always different, always changing. Um, so that was a lot of what we had to take into account when we were building something for our industry. Does each person have to have the software themselves, or is it more of a center point of management that spiderwebs out to the other clients and then manages it all within the software? That's a really great question. The answer is no. And I think because of that last reason that Melissa pulled out, which was that comparing sort of the event version of project management to more traditional corporate project management, our teams change from show to show. And sometimes we only work with people for a single day. So as a production manager, you may have people that you work with continuously throughout a project and then freelancers coming in for load-ins and load-outs and things like that. And so one of our goals with Propared was to provide that platform for the manager to work with all their information. But then when you go to deliver that information, you have a lot of different choices as to how you deliver it. A couple of examples of that are, are one, when you send out a schedule, anybody in the world can log into their own personal free Propared account and view the information and see all their paperwork collected into one place and work with it and analyze it and compare versions and you know do all that stuff that you can do when you're all working on the same platform. Mm -hmm. But you can also send a schedule via email or a call sheet you know, via email. And, and that way you're delivering the information in the same way that the crew is already used to receiving it you know, in an email, in a PDF, sitting there looking at you ready to go. But the, the act of creating that document was so much faster because you were doing it within prepared. We just do all that composing and formatting and emailing behind the scenes. So all you have to do is click a couple of buttons. So, so again, the idea was kind of twofold. One was, of course, to speed up the management process. But the other was to make it so that the recipients of this information had a lot of choices in how they viewed the information because we all have our personal preferences. You know, some people like the email. Some people like to subscribe to a calendar application and see it all there. And we just, 
again, kind of streamline that whole process so that you don't have to move through multiple applications in order to get all those things accomplished that you need to, if that makes sense. So a, f a free collaborator, because this is web-based software, is that correct? Yeah. So a collaborator would be could be part of a system, but they would have a free interaction as long as they're doing the address book and project history and responding to contacts or emails. Is that the case? That's absolutely right. All of our sharing is done via email. So behind the scenes, as soon as prepared, sees an email in somebody's user account that matches what the manager is sending them, that information immediately becomes available in the recipient's account. So it's it's all it all happens automatically behind the scenes and all you have to do is have your prepared account and you're you're up and running. The idea was to enable this to really take into account a lot of those aspects of our industry that I think are very unique in the world, the work world, essentially. And, and in order to do that, we had to make it flexible enough that whether you're a full-time manager or a freelancer or a stagehand or a designer or an actor, we sort of treat the entire team equally rather than as these little companies all coming together. I so appreciate seeing a tool created specifically for this industry because, as we all know, we steal tools from everywhere. Uh, there are so few people developing tools specifically for theater. Before QLab came along, we were all misusing tools meant for cinema film industry. I'd be interested in, in knowing from your perspectives what all ProPaired has replaced tool-wise, like I'm sure it's replaced Excel for all sorts of things. When we set out to build ProPaired, our, our initial goal wasn't to necessarily replace any one application or set of applications. We kind of took a step back, looked at our workflow, and we said, where are we least efficient? Where do we sit there banging our head against the wall because it takes us seemingly way too long to accomplish these specific tasks? Where do we make mistakes? Where do we have miscommunication and why? Those types of, of questions we really pondered as we were kind of building out the business plan for this thing. The goal, I think, initially was to kind of create a foundation that would allow us to solve some of those problems and get that structure right. And then once we got that correct, well, then we could start building on it. And we could start adding bits here and bits there and things like that. And so in terms of completely replacing a particular application, I'm not sure that's quite the case at this point, although we are certainly replacing a lot of things that people typically do right now using Excel, email, Dropbox, a whole variety of those very sort of generic types of applications, uh, document sharing type programs and things like that. Does ProPare do everything? Of course not. We're not trying to replace every element of someone's workflow and give them you know, this one magical tool because we all do work differently. You know, everybody approaches things a little differently. But, but I think with this goal that we kind of set in mind, which is to continue to improve the management workflow, we can kind of continue to iterate prepared and introduce new features that continue to chip away at that. You know, it's it's really funny because it's we think about what we're trying to improve upon here and it's not all that sexy necessarily and we're not going to just completely revolutionize, you know, everything and turn the whole thing on its head, but at the same time, you know, if we can kind of chip away at those things that we spend 10 seconds here, 30 seconds there, a couple of minutes here, drilling through Dropbox folders and, you know, those kinds of little things that we do that kind of eat away at our time, ultimately it's going to add up. And all of a sudden you're going to turn around one day and realize you're saving yourself an hour or two hours a day and suddenly have either way more time available to go home and watch TV or get that extra hour of sleep or, or just be more efficient as a, as a manager. Does that mean I'd have to go to less meetings? It means you could get that extra episode of uh, Walking Dead in. I had to go to a web meeting for three days once to decide what color brown the font was going to be. Three days? And I would have killed myself by jumping out the window, but it was on the first story. Managers do care a lot about control. So. <laughs> I have a scenario question. <laughs> Okay, sure. can prepare do around 650, 700 users, 20 rehearsal spaces, four theater venues, 18 main stage productions, and possibly 50 to 100 second stage productions, and do a rehearsal room checkout, 
and keep track of who's using what rehearsal room during what time and how often they've used it? Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think at, at this point, everything except for maybe automatically tallying how often they've used it. We're, we're working towards some time aggregation type functionality. That's absolutely spot on what we created Propair to do. Everything gets additional details and information added to it that Propaired recognizes. One of the frustrations I always, always had with spreadsheets is that the spreadsheet application never recognized what I was doing. It wouldn't recognize someone's name or a location or a particular category. All it knew is that I had typed text into a cell, you know, for example. You know, it, was, it wasn't, you know, you, you guys understand kind of the whole the database world and then the, the, the efficiency yeah. that we can, we can realize through reducing a lot of that redundant data entry. I mean, that's a big part of what Propared is. You know, you have a central area where you store all your contacts. Those contacts, including venues and organizations, get used out across all your projects. And because of that, we're able to pull contact information in. We're able to track histories of things. You know, all that stuff that isn't possible with a lot of the tools that we're currently using suddenly become possible because we've, again, sort of taken those components that are... are fairly common and then and then created a very industry specific framework around it we've actually even taken that concept into scheduling so as an example each project has its own timeline that is the master timeline of that project and that's where all the scheduling and logistics information gets stored and then when you go to create schedules because again if you're working on any kind of complex event or project, you're probably going to have a lot of different schedules. You know, you'll have the rehearsal schedule that goes to the cast. You'll have that high-level schedule that goes to general management or the client or, you know, somebody like, you'll have the tech schedule. Sometimes those schedules have overlapping information. You know, the rehearsals might be, you know, might show up in two or three different places. Well, instead of having each of those schedules be independent documents, everything just references back to the timeline if that makes sense. And so when you go and you make a change to your master timeline, it's going to automatically update every single piece of paperwork that that information appears in. So you completely eliminate the need to update multiple documents with the same information, and you save yourself that mistake that we often make, which is we update one thing and not something else, and then two different people have different sets of information. So we use that same database concept, but we apply it in a whole variety of different places. The other place that that really comes into play with the scenario that you passed out to us is that we also take projects and do that. So if you have the timeline for one project and you have a management team managing that one project uh, independently from someone who's managing the next main stage show, um, but you can actually overlay those timelines on top of each other and then sort by a venue and see everything across all of those projects that are taking place in one room. Or you can overlay all those projects on top of each other and then sort by one person or the lighting department or um, you know, any kind of configuration that, that you want to be able to see. So it's not just taking one project at a time like most project management does, but it's actually looking across all of those things. Right. We normally look across a whole year and figure out what we're doing. Yep. Is this, Dave, are you referring to Controlling Hell or, or some other venue? This is Cal State Fullerton. We have wow. a 650 students, anywhere from 60 to almost 80 faculty, depending on how many part-times and special faculty we have in. We have a grad program, undergrad. We run four, well, five venues and 20 rehearsal spaces. Wow. That's and we're just for the theater department. I'm actually quite familiar with it since I grew up there. Oh, you did? Oh, cool. You bring up a really great point as well, which is that tension between high-level planning and the tiny little details. We often use different tools for the, the planning of the full season than we do for, say, the daily rehearsal schedule and things like that, even though it's the same type of information. But things like calendar applications and you know things like that are very good at seeing the big picture. 
but then they're not that good at, you know, when I need to crank out a, a 20 page production schedule for this thing that we've got coming up. And another one of the goals of prepared is to kind of get all that information into one place so that instead of having to copy information from the calendar into the spreadsheet, you're just clicking that button and taking that step back and, or moving from list view into, you know, visual view or, you know, those, those types of things is, you know, sort of another, another big quest that we're on right now. So I have a equipment question. Can I do equipment inventory and know what piece of equipment, if we entered in, what's being used on what show? Not currently. When we sort of surveyed the landscape a couple of years ago and, and kind of identified the areas we wanted to really focus on, one of the things that we saw were some very, very good equipment management applications out there. Most industries in the world deal with inventorying you know, somehow. And so I think a lot of time and effort and money have been poured into that. I've never really run a company that's dealt heavily in equipment as well. So it wasn't necessarily my area of expertise, but once this platform is out there, if folks come to us and say, Hey, a, it makes a lot of sense to incorporate some of the equipment features into it. And B, most of those applications out there are actually kind of lacking. We would certainly look into it. Because you're right, it's not a big leap from managing venues and people and organizations than it is to managing equipment. Tracking a genie point. or a projector. Exactly, yeah. We can make the console into a person and then manage them through... <laughs> You kind of jest about that, but it's, you know, a few of our users are actually doing that sort of thing. Um, there's, there's a whole availability tracking section in the program, and, and they're actually using the contacts area to create a few, a few choice pieces of equipment that they have. I see a lot of iPads in your demo videos. I assume there's mobile versions of your app available? We designed the, the web app with the mobile devices in mind, and so you can currently log in using any mobile web browser, and it, and it does work. We don't have the native apps out just yet, uh, and that's been more of a, uh, a consequence of, of learning about sort of software development as, as a whole and the, the costs associated with development. And sort of once you take the plunge and start building out different applications, you definitely start to double and triple your development costs and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's, it's certainly in the pipeline. Uh, we just, we need to get to the point where that makes sense. But the, you know, the other side of it is... You can always fake it with the UI exactly, web view. Exactly. Yeah, we've, we've got a little bit of that. And then also when you publish paperwork to email... That's all. That all formats very, very nicely for for mobile devices. Mm. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Figure Fifty Three earlier. Uh, Chris Ashworth had, and and I talked uh, quite a bit when we decided to to pull the plug on this thing, and he was very, very helpful and and kind of talked a lot about his experiences getting a industry specific application off the ground and, and out the door. So he was mm. was a great, great guy to talk to about that. So I'm assuming I can still export. Uh, the data from this as a CSV file and import it in Excel. Is that true? Uh, actually, it's it's even easier than that because it's <laughs> it's all, all in uh, HTML. You just you just select all and copy it, and it actually pastes very nicely into the cells. So. Wow! So you're still supporting Excel even though you're trying to get rid exactly. of it. Exactly. So how we ironic should, is that? that? We should totally add that as a feature. It should just make <laughs> Excel burst into flames as soon as you try to import into it. That would be that would be some good software. Or or, or it changes every, every the spelling of everything that you that you paste in. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Favorite right. feature. It embeds some secret audio file. It adds a suffix and a prefix to every word. Yes. So <laughs> if I can uh, just rewind for a sec, I didn't know that you had actual operating system-based apps in the works in addition to the ProPaired web app. I'd like to hear a little more about that. Uh, are there things you want to do that can't happen on the web or what's motivating that? Yes, there are definitely things that, that we, we can't do right now using web browsers and, and web apps. And I think they really fall into two categories. Uh, number one, and I think most important for our industry is, is offline editing and, and manipulation of the program. Despite the ease at which we can get at the internet right now, there's still a lot of spaces that we work in where, where internet is, is lacking. Definitely. So Absolutely. We definitely want to move towards that. I think one of the, one of the first things we'll probably, you know, roll out is the ability to uh, just see all your paperwork, you know, in your application. That That's a, probably the, the, 
simplest place to start from and then and then work out towards more more editing features but we 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 laid the groundwork in in the initial design of the program so it's it's all sort of kind of sitting there waiting for us to you know kind of pull the trigger on some of that stuff and and move forward and and the other really interesting one for i think for us is the um the geolocation type type features and functionality you know clocking in as soon as you set foot on site um, you know, showing up for a site survey and have the right project immediately appear, you know, all kinds of really fun wow. stuff like that become possible when you can, when you can use GPS and things like that. Wow. You can tell when they're at Starbucks on the clock and, and just, can you shock them through the phone or do they have to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Mark. That's, oh, that's good. <laughs> I've submitted that feature request yesterday. That's why I work alone. For you, we'll do that. For, for you, we'll Only through the Apple Watch. Uh, I imagine you're going to, these are probably conversations that I imagine you've had already, but you're going to have to sort of sort through what happens if you're using the app offline and you change something, if that's possible, or two people change something at the same time to something different, you know, how does that resolve? That's been a huge topic of conversation because there's so many ways to approach everything that we're doing. That's what's made this both wonderfully satisfying as well as, as amazingly challenging. Moving from event management into software development has been a really interesting journey for all of us. I like to think we're doing it right. We've gotten some amazing assistance and advice kind of diving into this thing. And certainly our team is incredibly well-versed in, in a lot of this stuff. But yeah, that one specifically, you're absolutely right. You know, there's there's a lot of different options there. We've got some pretty simple uh, solutions to it right now. But we've, again, we, we thought about this stuff very early on and we actually laid the groundwork for, you know, some kind of universal change tracking and, and things like that. So at a later point, what we'll be able to do is actually build out change logs and change history for the entire application. So if there's 20 managers all working for a really large organization and something changes, you'll have the ability to go back in and see not only what changed, but, but who changed it and when and, and things like that. We need to design some really good user interface so that that's not a big chore to be able to tackle in the way that we've seen it done kind of badly in other applications before. So I noticed your chief morale officer has only been working in the business for 2.4 years. Isn't that a little bit of a concern? Uh, when it comes to morale, I think that, uh, you know, you grow into that pretty early. She's a natural. This is their dog <laughs> that is actually listed on their site as a uh, under the About Us page, she's absolutely adorable. She's actually toured more venues than I have. Looks like she's been <laughs> at dog parks throughout California, Florida, North Carolina, and the greater New York City area. And I need to update that because she's been a lot more places. She just had really? her 29th airplane flight. Wow. Wow. Since she oh, kind of wow. goes wherever we go. I'd like to hear from the prepared folks, what are some of the most interesting things that people have done with your product so far? One of the things that has pleased us the most and I think that we're most excited about is is the variety of places that it's that it's already being used. Certainly in theater, a lot of stage management usage, but also sort of branching out from there, production management, general management, planning of seasons, performing arts centers. We've got it in a number of universities now, both as a tool to manage theater departments as well as sort of an education tool for managers kind of coming up through the ranks because, you know, again, instead of having to kind of start with this blank Word document staring at you in the face, you you have a framework that you can begin working from and, and a set of tools and prompts that you can begin kind of building out your work, which is really, really exciting for us and, and I think is, is kind of driving some of where we kind of want to be taking some of that. There's a, a catering company trying this out now, a couple of staffing agencies when it becomes all about people and time and you think about all the different parts of our world that have to manage people in time, you know, it really kind of opens the doors a little bit. Uh, we've been in talks with a couple of folks about using it as like a casting database, a whole slew of different things. And then some of the feedback that we've gotten and, and things like that, you know, every time somebody comes back to us and tells us how much time that they're saving. It's kind of the moments that I live for. We had one gentleman, he's a student at North Carolina School of the Arts, and he used this very, very early on for us. He sent us an email about two weeks into the rehearsal process. And he said, you guys are saving me 45 minutes a day. Wow. 
that's, I think that's that was the time. moment that we knew for certain that we were really on the right track. That's with great. This thing. So cool. Yeah, 45 minutes a day is enough to watch a family guy and, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple YouTube cat videos. Yes. There you go. Or record the queue. We, record we the don't queue. record this in, in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of our employees have done it for some of their family engagements. You know, like, oh, our entire family's going to this vacation location. They're like, oh, I'll just create a schedule for my grandparents and my parents. And oh, that's hilarious. Prepared. Big family gatherings. I always say we need a stage manager who's stage yes. managing this thing. That's a fantastic deer that someone's actually using it for that. Well, and I guess that's the other thing that's been really awesome about this process is that everyone on our team is from the industry. Uh, I mean, we hired professional developers who that's what they love to do is actually code, code, code. But Everyone else on our team is all from the industry. It's like Ryan and myself from the production side. I was a performer and electrician and production electrician. Our director of support was a production electrician. I met him working in the industry. Our business partner, Derek Noder, is a sound designer. Um, he's also our chief product officer and resident nerd. He's the one who's like sitting up all night talking about how we're going to uh, deal with change tracking. <laughs> But our marketing guy is a performer, but also has an MBA in marketing, uh, you know, our business development, like everyone's from the industry. He's a sound designer, worked in the industry, you know, and that's also kind of really wonderful to be able to continue to kind of increment and have all these perspectives internally on the decisions that we're making on features that are slated to come out like a year from now. It's kind of been a beautiful thing because all seven of us in the company right now sort of you mean eight, have I our think. roots in the Just industry. Felix, yes. Okay. She wasn't a theater dog okay, I'm from, sorry. from the I beginning. Misspoke. No, I was just going to okay. say that we all have our roots in the industry and then we all went and developed other sets of skills. For example, Jeremy went and did customer support for a software product designed around gym memberships. For whatever reason, you know, sort of we've all kind of brought those skills back around and are able to now pour those back into our industry, which has been a really, really cool thing to be able to have somewhat unique sets of skills that I think most folks who have spent their entire careers in events don't, or in, and theater might find as being unique. And it's been a really cool process to kind of watch all of this. And this they understand our and, jokes. And, and <laughs> it must be wonderful to be working with a team who sort of understands how a show works, who you're not sort of sitting down with developers and explaining what a crew call is or explaining who should get the lighting paperwork where you're all kind of on the same page about those things. It really drives some some very spirited discussions about choices that we make in the program, and that's what's made the program what it has at this point. If I had just sat down and said, I'm going to build this program, it would be terrible because I only have one mm -hmm. perspective on things. And we all work in different ways, and we all work in different parts of the industry and have different challenges. And to have had so many different perspectives, tackling this thing together really helped us frame the tools in such a way that make them very, very flexible, but also able to address so many different sets of needs. I noticed in some of your promo, you mentioned there's a difference between corporate project management and live event project management. I do both a lot in, in my work. So how is prepared more geared towards live event project management than corporate project management? There's a lot of project management software out there things that have been designed for very specific industries like building a building or designing software, as well as very generic project management tools, task management, you know, collaboration and things like that. And that was one of the big questions we had to ask ourselves is what is it about these other tools and what is it about these other industries that are so different from event project management that we seem to not be using them? There's so many tools out there, and yet most of us are still using spreadsheet and file sharing and email and, and things like that. And so that was sort of the big question is kind of what makes us special and what is it that kind of sets us as an industry apart from some of these other industries? Well, I think the other thing is that we take a very broad definition of what a live event is. For us, that incorporates an awful lot of stuff when it comes to like corporate management not meaning corporate events. Corporate events for us falls into that live event world, um, whether it's experiential marketing or fashion or theater or children's theater. Like All of those things for us really fall under that bucket of live events, film and television before they're in the can or for us live events. But on the corporate side, for us, that was really more about other types of industries not doing 
events or things that would fall into mm-hmm. that larger category. I just get lost in this quagmire of corporate event hell a lot of times when I'm hired for these things. Yeah, 90% of their job is not actually being on site. The thing that you realize, and we've all done corporate theater of, of one sort or another, is this is not a bad thing. This is not a criticism of people who work at corporations, but they're not trained in how to put on right. events. That's that's right. not their specialty. They're not interested in how it works particularly, and they're not good at it because... They're also not terribly well-trained at dealing with people in incredibly stressful yes. situations. Yes, right. Because we, people don't act like normal human beings when they're in <laughs> under that amount of pressure. And whereas like we, we live in that pressure all the time, right. we kind of mm-hmm. like it yeah. and we're used to it. And that feels like a normal skin yeah. to wear. Whereas like you throw someone into an environment where all of a sudden the show is 30 seconds long and the paparazzi are there and all these things have to play out in perfect order or someone's going to get fired. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And that's why they need the meetings is to sort of pretend they're going to be okay and rehearse, rehearse the whole situation over and over again in their minds to try to give them some sort of comfort that they're not going to freak out. But somebody told me at a corporate event recently was she's the CEO, an an intermediary came up to me and says, she's concerned that your show is going to be too good and that it'll make her look bad. And so if you could not be too funny, that would be great. Yeah, Ryan runs into this. One example, you know, sort of this, but I I had one situation where the producer, I was uh, the production manager on the event, and the producer came up to me and was quite upset because I wasn't showing enough sense of urgency. (laughs) Uh, And He wanted you like... In a panic? He wanted everyone in a panic because that would show that things were actually happening despite the fact that we were on t- We were actually ahead of schedule. Right. We were under budget at the time. Everyone knew what, exactly what they were doing. I have a little philosophy. If I'm on site, standing in the middle of the room with a cup of coffee in my hand, not talking to anyone, I'll know I've done my job. Yeah. Because everyone knows exactly what to do and everyone has all the information they need. On one hand, you're absolutely right. It can be really frustrating. On the other, when you're doing corporate events, particularly, again, as you said, coming from a a theater background where we're so used to this, it's really easy to look good. And it's really yeah. easy to impress the hell out of your right. out of your clients. And, yeah, true. My uh, younger sister, she just graduated high school. She's been a high school techie, and I brought her to sit in on a tech that I was doing. And I was like, okay, so you just saw a real tech. How does it compare to uh, what you do every day in school? And she said, well, it felt less professional. And I was like, interesting. Uh, <laughs> it, it is by definition more professional because we're all getting paid. (laughs) What do you mean by that? And she was like, everyone was so relaxed and casual. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is that although there's only two days to make it happen, nobody's going crazy. Nobody's freaking out. That's sort of how you tell it's a professional environment is that it feels the same sort of level of tension of maybe any normal corporate environment. It's just the people who are used to that sort of corporate environment. For them, the idea of doing an event is something so radically different that the tension mounts like crazy. Right. But yeah, they don't uh, do it every day. They yeah. just do the one big meeting every year. Yeah. How do you deal with the pressure? My wife is a yoga teacher. She teaches me some really simple sort of breathing and to kind of reduce the stress going on. I would like to submit my answer to how do you deal with the pressure? Be prepared. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I have true. all my students take stress management, hmm. and I took it in undergrad, and I have to say it was a big help. Being prepared is definitely the key, but ultimately somebody has to walk on stage. And in my case, it's one person. You're prepared, as prepared as you're going to be. George, I worked with George Burns. He and I were in the green room getting ready to go on stage for a press conference, and I was kind of nervous. And I said, George, do you ever not get nervous? How do you deal with not being nervous? And he looked at me and he said, you know, Mark, if you don't get nervous, you have no right going out there because it means you don't care. Mm-hmm. And that that changed so much for me to realize that this guy that's been around for a hundred years, literally, this was at his like 95th birthday. A man that old still gets nervous and still realizes he has pressure on him. So true. I work with kids doing theater and I had a, a theater teacher tell me at some point, essentially that same thing. You know, I said, I don't, want to go on. I'm too scared. And she said, if you're nervous, it means you care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More or less those same words. And I pass that on to students all the time. Are you saying that 
that George Burns stole material from yes. your teacher? Okay. Okay, that's good. Let's <laughs> He let's definitely start fingers. plagiarized oh. that little one-liner from uh, my... The podcast from slips my, uh... out of control <laughs> once again. Well, I was... Uh, <laughs> We teach a production management intensive, so we didn't mention this, but Ryan and I also run a production company based in New York since 2007 called Tink Productions. It's a production management firm. We teach a class, a week-long production management intensive, and we have one entire day. It's just about how to deal with the messed up things that people say and how to really understand and have a, a way to comprehend and say like, well, what, you know, what's the to really perspective shift in every situation about why people are reacting in certain ways. And in corporate events, you know, we were talking, we see a lot of that, a lot of like things that look seemingly irrational, yet are really based in a lot of fear and a lot of insecurity and that sort of thing. I think that's a lot about being, you know, keeping the stress low is just understanding that everyone is in the same situation and everyone's insecure and everyone does things that, you know, they think will help them, but don't always. Right. But those are the same reasons why we force ourselves to go on stage is for, for the same reason we're afraid we want it to be approved of. We are afraid and insecure. So then it forces us on stage at the same time. Well, and that's why, not to get too philosophical here, people sit in the theater and applaud because they understand that it takes bravery. That's why stars are stars and, and why the, the theater is a special place because a lot of people can't or don't think that they can find that courage to go do that thing in front of all those people, no matter what kind of event it is. Right. And I say that's true for all of us who work behind the scenes too. That's why we love it. It's like every show that you do yeah. is you're out there, even if you're behind the scenes and no one sees you, you know, it's like, we're all that yeah. puzzle piece. And that's kind of, I think why we love it. That's why I love it. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and there's still a lot of pressure because again, calling that cue or mixing the show the right way is, is, requires just as much, you know, sort of being in the moment as, as being right, up on right. stage And does. the funny thing about being a designer or being a manager, production manager, stage manager, crew person, is that you're also part of the magic, but generally audience members don't have an understanding of your job, which sort of makes it more magical. It's like you're the part of the show that everyone knows the show wouldn't be complete without, but no one can quite put their finger on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the people right. who vote for Tony's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go we there? Went, <laughs> we we spent all of last episode on that. <laughs> Well, and if you listen to the last episode, you'll, you'll find out that we are actually going to do a the Q Awards and replace the Tonys with some actual, an award you might actually want. So, A roll of gaff tape. Well, let's not give that away. I'll edit that out that you said that. But yes, a roll of gaff tape. <laughs> what about the gaff gun? That's, that's expensive. I would, I would take oh, that award and, and be very happy. Uh, well, I, I just sent you guys a request for the software. And I think it would be a really interesting test to have the queue use it to set up our next recording session and let us play with it. And we can kind of review a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. And the nice thing is that you can just log on and it's also just a 30 day free trial for very handy. Very nice. Too. Yeah. And in that there's sample projects too. So and then there's a theater and event and a corporate event that we've kind of filled out. So you can get to see kind of how it works, um, you know, and, those are your projects to play around with, too. Well, well, we'll definitely be doing that. And any feedback that you guys have for us is incredibly valuable. I mean, that's we we are a team of seven slash eight and a half uh, <laughs> people. and But the reality is that, like, our industry is really what drives our development. Um, you know, with the feedback that we've received from users, people who said, like, it's not doesn't work for me in this regard. Mm -hmm. um, those are all things that are incredibly valuable. And because our, our development cycle is continuous, like, we have... You know, we, every two weeks we get new features internally that we're working on. We're able to be really agile in that. Mm -hmm. um, so any feedback that you have is also really useful. Cool. Well, do you have an educational price? Because we could probably take it for a swing for we a year. absolutely do. Oh, really? Ryan, you referred to seven and a half employees. And Melissa, you said eight and a half employees. <laughs> There's a disparity there. I think you guys are probably going to need to work out in some kind I'm of... I'm going to have to use maybe, my spreadsheet. Maybe an email or something, but I think you're underselling one. employee. And, and I'll, I'll consult the org chart. <laughs> Since I'm the operations person, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Who suggested the name? It was a hotly debated topic. I, I honestly can't remember all of the, the names that were being tossed around, but we... They were all terrible. They were all terrible. We said, all right, we need to mix things up a little bit. So I think we, we took a lunch break. We invited a couple of friends over 
and we all left the office uh, in Dumbo, and we went out into Brooklyn Bridge Park, and we took all our lunches out there, and we kind of just started throwing stuff out there. And our friend Reggie actually was the one who came up with it, and he just kind of said it out loud, and we all sort of stopped and said, wow, that one, okay. <laughs> that one's actually not bad. And, and that, so we started saying it more and more, and it just kind of sounded good, so we ran with it. And the website was available. Always important, yeah. Is prepared available in multiple it's languages? It's currently in English, but we can um, accept any EU countries, Canada, United States for our subscriptions. We've got some international users on board with us now, which has actually been really great because we've been able to start iterating some of those features, updating date formatting and, and you know vocabulary and things like that. Um, but, uh, but no, we've not started translating it at, at this point. Well, I think Farsi is probably the future, so you might want to... Swahili, I think, is next on the list, but yeah. <laughs> Another one, another good one, yeah. yeah. Their GNP is just almost equal to Farsi, but it's fine. <laughs> These are details we don't need to fight about. When prepared is available as a standalone application, would you follow the rental model of pricing still, or would it be a single download that you could purchase and own forever? Or would it need to still be a rental because of all the server side stuff that it's doing? Well, a couple of things. Number one is that because it's not based on the the number of projects you're doing or the size of your casts and crew and things like that, it's it's really based around the number of concurrent managers that need to be in the program. You know, somebody who's using it able to be very very flexible. If you've got really busy times of year, you can you can ramp up. If things die down, you can ease off on it. You know, there's there's a lot of flexibility throughout the year. Again, because we recognized some of the volatility of the industry and the need for, you know, again, cash flow only happens at certain times of year and things like that. So, so that's a really cool part of it. The other really neat thing is that it actually aligns us and, and our incentives with the users and, and with everybody who's, who's currently using the program. Because if we were to build a, a program and just sell it, you know, box it up, put it on the shelf and sell it, we would receive all the revenue immediately. And, and you know, of course, you never want to, you know, you still want to support it and things like that. But, but by it being spread out and by, by continuing to sort of, you know, pay for the application as it's being used, A, it, you know, it helps to spread out, you know, the cost for, for everybody. But also, we then have to continue to support it. And it really incentivizes us to continue to make it better. And not just kind of keep it as a stable, static thing, but... It, right. So you, you don't have the excuse that, like, well, they bought it and it is what exactly. it was when they bought right. it. You know, exactly. Like, so, That's okay. where I think a lot of the world is kind of headed at this point is, like, don't don't force someone to pay $2,000 up front. You know, because when I get paid to do a job, I don't, I'm not, you know, as like a freelancer, I'm not getting everything up front. I get paid hourly, you know, and that spreads mm-hmm. out my income. And so if, if you're costs are being spread out in the same way it actually it actually matches up a lot better helps streamline the whole income cost model yeah that makes a tremendous amount of sense i've been noting the increasing trends in the software world towards subscription models for sort of everything with a little bit of dread when all of the adobe software went subscription only a couple of years ago mm-hmm. i was furious Personally, I would rather spend, you know, the couple thousand dollars, whatever it is up front and own it forever, knowing that, you know, now and then there will be incremental changes and and updates and things in the long term. That's more cost efficient. If I'm going to be subscribing monthly for years to come very quickly, it will actually cost me more Mm -hmm. than just owning the thing. In your case, I, I think the subscription model does make a lot of sense. That's just, well, it's a big issue right now. I have to say, I also like the $99 a month because if it was one more dollar, I would have to ask for permission to spend money on technology. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Anything over $100, we have to get IT approval. And if they hear this, they might change it. <laughs> well, for a while, they're having us do everything, no matter how much. And I was pumping in stuff like 20 items a week. And they finally went, if it's under $100, you don't have to ask. We actually just rolled out annual subscriptions where you can pay for an entire year up front at a, at a bit of a discount. And that actually works beautifully 
for a lot of universities because they have specific time periods during the year when budgets are getting set and money is being spent and approvals. And it's much easier to get approval for one purchase for an entire year than 12 purchases just because of the way the red tape is, is laid out. Definitely. Because I have one budget once a year and once that's gone, it's gone. Yep. Are you uh, working on desktop apps too? I'm not sure yet. I think we'll have to continue to kind of see how web app technology continues to develop. There are elements that continue to move us closer and closer to sort of desktop application type features. For example, Google Docs has some like offline you know, capabilities and things like that. You know, in terms of priorities, you know, given the mobile nature of our industry and the amount of time we spend on site and things like that, I think some of the mobile apps will probably take priority. I may be an anomaly. I probably am an anomaly in this, but just as a using myself as a case study, I bring my laptop everywhere and I don't use my phone for anything. Mm -hmm. What would it be wonderful for me is to have access to everything offline on my laptop. Right. Think Are about. you 85 years old, Joshua? I, guess I forgot your age. <laughs> yes. exactly. I just just yeah. checking. That's, that's why I don't have... You sound like a grandpa. There's nothing. I use my phone for making phone calls like a... Do you start most conversations with, in my day? Yes. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll fax you my thoughts. Okay, and, uh, great. Go from there. <laughs> I'll uh, reply with a telegram. Is there anything else about Prepared that you feel is worth sharing that we didn't ask about? As I said, the only last thing is that you can visit us at Prepared.com. There's a whole bunch of videos there. Our full support site has tutorial videos and introduction videos and a whole slew of resources there. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're up there as well. Great conversation. Ryan Kirk and Melissa Johnston of Prepared. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much, guys, for having us on. This was so much fun. Thank you, both of you, so much. Thank you, guys. I'll leave us with a quote. I think that novels that leave out technology misrepresent life as badly as Victorians misrepresented life by leaving out sex. Kurt Vonnegut. The Q is produced by Active Media Group in association with The Q Show cast. Music for The Q was written and performed by Kyle Swafford. For more information and links to our blog, online tutorials, cast, and videos, please visit theqshow.com. You can contact us at info at theqshow.com. Now go out and make something, and you too can go to 11.